0: Hi there, everybody. Welcome to another edition of Complete Sports Media. I'm your host, Darren Campbell. Today, we've got a really special guest. Uh, He's the technical director of the Juventus Soccer Academy and Soccer Central Facility in San Antonio, Texas. His name is Olivier Philpin. And we're really excited that he's going to be joining us today, going to be talking a lot of soccer internationally as well as some youth sports and some NBA. I've known Olivier for a really long time. Uh, we covered the NBA together. And uh, he's a wealth of knowledge on both basketball and soccer. And um, yeah, it's gonna be really fun. It'll be really nice to connect and uh, bring him to the airwaves here. Um, yeah, great guy, A uh, lot of a uh, lot of knowledge in the world of sports and, Really interesting take. Uh, He's originally from France and uh, came to Canada to cover the NBA, that's where we met. And then eventually moved down to San Antonio and he was only supposed to be there a short time and uh, it's been a really long time now, but uh, he's uh, forged a really important academy there and um, they're doing really good things. Juventus, uh, Italian, uh, Serie A, uh super league champion and champions league uh stalwart all the time and uh one of the best uh football organizations in the world. So yeah, we're really excited. Uh I think um I can see him joining us here. So let's let's bring him in. Okay, yeah, I see Olivier. He's coming into the studio here uh via Zoom. So Hey Olivier, really great to see you, Uh, happy Tuesday, Uh, uh, it's been a busy week for you already I'm
1: sure, Um, welcome to Complete Sports Media's podcast, thanks for joining me. Good to see you Darren and thank you for telling me it's Tuesday because I don't even know anymore (laughs) because in the US every day is kind of like another day and there's no end to it and I don't know when the weekend is, what it means anymore, so thank you. (laughs) (laughs) you're welcome yeah yeah well uh yeah during this
0: pandemic and all the uh, goings on in the world it has been hard to keep track of what day it is but uh yeah it's it's a tuesday and i'm sure you've got tons of things to do so let's let's get into it let's uh break down a lot of uh aspects of your life and uh, the things that you do um i was able to Tell our viewers and listeners that uh, you're the technical director for the Juventus Academy in San Antonio, but uh, tell the viewers what, um, what that actually entails. What, what, are your, what are you doing on a daily,
1: weekly, monthly basis? Well, if you don't mind, I'd like to also say that I used to be a sports writer. That's where they understand more what I'm doing, what I'm doing. And I used to cover basketball mostly and in Vancouver with you many, many, Centuries ago uh, so I was a soccer guy always been a soccer guy I played a good level in France and I moved to this continent first in Vancouver for a few years and then San Antonio to cover basketball mostly the NBA and I loved every moment of it but something was missing was always the connection with kids and uh, as a former soccer player football as we call it I it was easy to jump back in and uh, for many years I Combine being a sports writer and being a coach up to the point where the balance shifted and I became a coach full time. And apparently I was good enough, or maybe the accent, I don't know, but why people kept giving me more kids and teams. And at some point, you realize that's your new life. So why not be good at it? Um, Developed a couple of clubs, technical director for both, and now Juventus that uh, I got to come join us in San Antonio at a place called Soccer Central, that is a brand new soccer place. Uh, So there's a lot of good things we're doing and what I am doing right now, weekly is complicated because of the pandemic. Uh, Everything is very much on pause. We don't know when the kids are going back to class. We don't know when we can have any kind of training sessions anymore uh, because we are really trying to take the right decisions. And in the US, it's very much, I'm going to say the white West right now, it's very much up to you to make the decision because nobody really makes any kind of decision. So, you know, so I, I see team practicing full team. I see groups of 10 groups of five. We've decided to stop for now. We're not doing anything because it, it is just not serious to do anything right now. It's too dangerous. So what am I doing is we're trying to plan for the coming season whenever it starts. Trying to deal with the Italian club, all the new things we can incorporate for the coming season we're developing in that place soccer central, and it keeps uh, keeping me busy every day wow. so there's a lot of thing going, but there's wow. a lot of virtual thing right now it's the, this is probably the the most difficult thing is the fact that we we plan and we change the plan and we plan again and we change the plan I mean we're waiting just like everybody else
0: will will this be a, a twelve month uh type of operation? Will there, there be uh, kids playing soccer at Soccer Central and this academy
1: the whole year round? It's, the, the, the plan is, is, is a multi-layer plan. I mean, we, we plan in a couple of years from now, once the situation goes back to normal, a couple of years later, uh, to open up a full, full year academy where kids actually go to our school and train soccer a couple of times a day and in agreement with Juventus, of course, it would be a, like a real Juventus Academy uh, for kids that want to turn pro. Uh, so there's a lot of connection we still need to create. There's a, you know, it's difficult in the US because everybody's very territorial. So you have to respect a lot of MLS rules and uh, it's always changing. San Antonio didn't get a team, Austin just got. I don't want to be too complicated about what, what's going on in Texas, but we have to navigate all this and uh, the reality is we're trying to develop a European project. That means a lot of European coaches coming and training kids the way we train in Europe, which is an easy thing to do, but uh, you have to deal with parents that are very, very impatient in the US uh, because they believe that once they pay, they can ask you anything. I don't know how it is in Canada, but that's one of the biggest aspects. We have to make them be realistic, I guess. you know, Paying more money doesn't make your kid better. You just need the right club, the right coaches, and the right amount of patience. Uh, So that's that's really what it boils down to. We are not reinventing soccer. We are just doing it the right way, and it's gonna take us a couple of years before we get where we wanna be. Uh, developing kids is is not enough in itself. We we're we building a pathway for them to, to end up in college or maybe MLST, maybe, maybe, maybe at the end of the road, big professional club in Europe. But good things takes time. That's yeah, well. yeah
0: of course, yeah. Well uh, the Juventus Academy has a training method that's world renowned. Um, it's followed in, uh, I've heard, over 80 countries. Um, are, can you break down um, sort of that in a, in a small way,
1: just to say what, what that training method entails? You, you know the, the reality of pretty much any sports. You know, you, know, you know basketball as much as I do. It's the same in soccer, where it's really about the details, the best team out there. If they don't have the best athlete, they have the best methodology and that's what it is. So Juventus, just like the top winning club right now, uh, I'm not gonna try to sell you something that is not there. Juventus is really much about the details and that's what matters. You know, you, you have good coaches everywhere. How do you go to great coaches? The details, it's repeating the same message in a different way. It's about being playful, if you can believe that. You know, with kids, if you yell at them, You're already losing. There's nothing good that's gonna come out long-term. You need to nurture the love of the game. And yes, you need to be a good coach to recognize all those moments and make sure that you say or do the right thing at the right time. You can't have a coach, you know, if it takes him three days to recognize what he did on Saturday, we're not doing our job. You need to be quick and you need to be clever. So Juventus is asking you to, to incorporate all that. Again, not, not reinventing the wheel. Soccer is soccer. You can decide to play from the back or to press up top, whatever. Those are details. The, the reality is the philosophy from year five, pretty much to, to 18. You need to build those kids technically, tactically, and also philosophically. They need to understand why they're doing what they're doing. And one of the biggest problems I've seen in in the U.S. is the coaches force-feeding kids, telling them what to do. So it may work for a couple of years, but long-term, you're pretty much destroying any chance they may have to, to be creative. That's the biggest challenge.
0: I see. Yeah, of course. Yeah. Yeah, well... Um... Obviously, uh, the black and white Juventus, uh, you know, very prestigious name. Uh, it must have been uh, fantastic for you to be able to convince them to uh, open up this academy in San Antonio, um, put in the money to get the Soccer Central going. Uh, I heard that the, a guy by the name of Carlo Mastellone was um, really instrumental in um, you know making this agreement happen. Uh, talk about him and his involvement and... And what you had to do to actually go to Europe, uh, convince one of these clubs to set up their academy here, uh, must, have, must have been
1: a big undertaking, but I'm sure very satisfying that you ended was, up making it happen. It was a tough one. Imagine. You don't realize you have to buy a plane ticket to go to Italy again. So, yeah, someone had to do it. Uh, you, know, you know, the reality of those big clubs is there, there's only a few handful of professional clubs that do this international expansion for the right reason and juventus is definitely one of them and there's only a few of them i mean i was in touch with other clubs i'm not gonna name that are not doing this for the right reason which is really giving those kids a chance at seeing the way it's done some clubs do it for branding and, and only branding and that's not enough uh so juventus clearly carlo we used to play professional. It was, it was an easy sell because he's a soccer guy. And there's no BSing your way, can I say BSing your way on your podcast? Yes. There's no BSing your way around this. You talk to someone who knows the game and you talk about soccer. And that was the sale right there for me. Uh, we met many times after that and every time I had the confirmation that we are speaking the same language, uh, which is about sports and kids. So, Juventus absolutely fits what we are building here in San Antonio. And let's be honest, San Antonio is a two million people place now, more than a town. I forgot the word in English, my French wants to jump in. But there's two two million people in San Antonio and suburbs. It's still not big enough for a club like Juventus. So, how do, did we get them here? Was with Soccer Central. Soccer Central. Uh, We are building a place that's going to be finished by the end of the winter uh, that will offer any kind of soccer you can think of between street soccer, futsal, beach soccer, the big field, the indoor field. We're going to have a rooftop field to play kind of like a hockey game. With soccer ball any kind of soccer game you can imagine that includes golf ping pong soccer there's name for it but we don't have sponsorship there yet uh so any kind of soccer game you can imagine we we are going to offer that to the kids and uh we also have deals coming with international club and federation that will allow little texan kids to to be exposed to that kind of level quickly and uh, that's why it's a fascinating project that uh, i mean honestly there are, i wish i was a kid again and be able to go there spend the day there whenever it's up and whenever we are done with this health craziness uh that's going to be a heck of a place and juventus is there also because they believe in that project that's what i was trying to to say nice yeah that's
0: amazing yeah sounds like an incredible facility and uh yeah we yeah i think you and i both wish we were kids again It'd uh, be nice to just be able to play a sport and just not have to have anything you know to, to worry about and uh this pandemic has uh, been really tough on the mental health of most of us and um yeah it's, it'd be nice just to be a kid again and play soccer not have to think about much else uh, uh, what are the ages of, of the kids that uh,
1: start there? Or what, what, what age, it, up to, what range? So there? it's, it's going to be, it, it is, I mean, so there's two things. Juventus is there already, and so will other clubs who want to rent the facility, so it's open to everybody. Juventus, we do 5 to 18, but we are going to push it even further. I mean, again, I mean, in Europe, we start playing at three. If parents want to drop the kids at three, we'll make sure that we have someone qualified and we have that person already to deal with younger kids because it's different. Uh, and, and that's also the, the intricate differences we're trying to, I mean, we're trying to change things a little bit. It's just, it's not easy to teach real soccer when you're three. And trust me, I've tried. I'm not qualified. <laughs> I, can't, I can't do this. Some people can though. And we don't want to babysit those kids. That's the challenge. We want them to learn the game. I'm assuming it's kind of the same with hockey in Canada. At what age do you start? Like three months old, three weeks old? <laughs> yeah, as
0: soon as you can. Yeah, Usually lots of kids actually skate before they can walk, actually.
1: So. There you go. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. so, but it is a challenge in the challenge in a country like the US, where, let's be honest, basketball and football uh, are still above everything else. Soccer has been growing tremendously, and you can see it with the MLS, who's a. Uh, starting to look like a very, very good league. I mean, the playoffs are interesting all the time. Again, I'm not talking about what's going on now. The bubble, everything that is going on is very, very, very weird. This is the best we can do everywhere. But soccer is growing big time in the US. And uh, I'm also happy to see that Canada soccer is getting results because there's a lot of very good players that are growing in Canada. And it's absolutely exciting to see both countries develop, you know, I'm looking at this as a European snob at time, I get it. Uh, it's, it's developing the culture, the history of the game that's lacking at every level, you see kids, they're still not watching enough games. And that's why we need Canada, we need the US to grow into something that, you know, you can actually look at them eye to eye and say, yeah, professional soccer is here. And, and you see it already with the MLS club, they're, they're finally Selling, selling young kids to Europe, which is something that would have been absolutely crazy to discuss ten years ago. So, yeah. soccer is growing big time, and um, I can't wait to get back out there. Yeah,
0: yeah. yeah um, men's soccer in Canada—it's one of the most uh, highly played sports. It's actually it outstrips hockey in many communities. There's more kids involved in soccer than there are hockey. Uh, and, um, yeah, but for some reason, our men's team has not had success on a world stage. Uh, but the women's team has really uh, been one of the elite clubs and has been able to rise the level of of soccer in this country. Uh, the people involved with the women's soccer team have moved over to the men's team now and are, are trying to develop it and, and make it uh, known on the world stage. We've had some fantastic talent come recently. Alfonso Davies was here in Vancouver and was sold into Germany and uh, it's been um, you know really good to see things like that and uh, I think it's really important Uh, we you know we have we can have an opportunity to flourish on a world stage and if we if we do then it's going to you know bring a lot more talented kids into the mix and just rise the level up and it would be really nice if we can you know um, have a North American powerhouse here that uh, is yeah. represented on the world stage and you know a lot of these kids will aspire to become soccer players and and uh, you know go to the biggest clubs in the world it'll, it'll be really fantastic I, I
1: think it, it, it's a possibility but a lot of work to be done. can you imagine can you imagine Canada 20 years from now where soccer has taken over hockey yeah Can you imagine that not yeah. yet no but yeah. it's yeah. It, you know even a kid like Alfonso Davis who might be I think I still think Mbappe is the fastest player on the planet, but I hear rumors that he might be faster than anybody on the planet. That's a good conversation and he's a heck of a player and he plays for Bayern Munich. I mean, my gosh, you you have a top 15 player right there in the world and uh, you those are treasure. You need to make sure they're developed the right way. I definitely think he picked the right club for that. Uh, but those are the kind of players that you can build around and uh, there's no reason why Canada couldn't be a strong soccer place someday i know you're building there's a new soccer league that came out last year i watched some of the game and i was uh kind of impressed by the skill level it's not as fast and physical as the mls but uh you see skills you already see skills and i love those little soccer stadium you had i think I, the one i watched was on vancouver island i forgot the place but i love those places <laughs> <It's me. laughs>
0: yeah they're amazing aren't they well, this this past um, fall, we had actually, uh, I guess it was past summer, we had the NBA out uh, be more popular than, the, than hockey for the first time ever. Uh, I've been a basketball fan uh, my whole life. And uh, usually during playoff time, it's, it's hockey, hockey, hockey. I I'll go into a, a pub or a restaurant and I'll be the lone guy sitting there watching a basketball playoff game. And all the other TVs in the whole entire place are on hockey. And uh, this year it was the reverse. The Canadian teams didn't make it far into the playoff rounds and the Raptors just started a momentum and went all the way and took the championship. And it was really exciting to see that the, this uh, country just uh, absolutely fell in love with basketball. Uh, it just became something that was celebrated in every province across the country. And, and uh, yeah, I, I, I welcome that and I'm glad that, you know, kids have a different opportunity, a different sport to, uh, you know, follow and, and love. And, you know, I think if a, if a team can be successful, if a sport can have success on a world stage uh, like that, um, you know, there, there'll be kids, there'll be fans, there'll be uh, support. And, uh, you know, for the first time in my life, NBA was more popular in hockey for a little while.
1: That's that's good to hear. I didn't know that. But you're welcome. I mean, from someone that covered the Spurs for about 15 years, and you are welcome, Toronto. You are welcome. I mean, it was so harsh to watch the playoff and see Kawhi do his Kawhi thing, and you're like, oh my gosh. And I love Toronto. And, and you know, I was in Vancouver covering the Grizzlies when there was those signs explaining to the fans what are the roles? It's so I, I was there day one with the Vancouver Grizzlies. I have signs in my house, you know, from the big country, Sharif and Mike Bibis, Hera. And I'm looking at Toronto win the championship. And I'm happy. But it's bittersweet because Kawhi is doing all this. And I'm happy for the guy. But it was so ugly at the end. here, yeah. And uh, nobody in town looked at that final untouched you know, right. like, oh my gosh. Yeah. So, yeah,
0: I can imagine, yeah, because, you know, you, you guys saw Kawhi come into the league, uh, you know, the, the team was able to embrace him and and put him into the Spurs culture, which, you know, one of the best organizations in basketball over the past 20 years, and, uh, you know, to have that um, relationship sour and him to leave in not good terms and, and immediately go to another team and win the championship. Win. It must have been really tough to deal with.
1: <laughs> it, it's kind of like seeing your ex-girlfriend with somebody else. It was very, very harsh at first. <laughs> but you have to cheer for them. You want it to be done, and he did it. Congratulations. Just, uh, yeah. yeah. That.
0: Well, uh, let, let's get into that uh, Spurs culture. Um, you went there, obviously, to follow uh, Tony Parker. And uh, he was... You know, he was coming uh, in, into the NBA uh, really highly touted and, you know, ended up uh, joining Popovich's, you know, culture. Uh, you've got Tim Duncan, Manu Ginobili, uh, really, really an amazing organization to to cover. And, you know, you had five championships to, to um, celebrate. Um, tell me about just going to San Antonio in the first place. I know you said, oh, I'm going to only go there for a couple of years, but. It ended up now, you've been there, uh, what is it, 20 getting years. on 15, 20 <laughs> years
1: now? It's amazing that, you know, that's become your home. Life, life comes at you fast. It's been a, it's been a blessing, there's no doubt. It, you know, I had many moments during the season where you go to the game again and you know they're gonna win the game before you sit down in the arena. And it's a luxury. And every time I would go to those moments, you know, they would play the whatever. I'm, I'm going to make some people unhappy, but the Sacramento Kings of the world, or, you know, those teams that you're supposed to beat. And you beat them again and again and again. And there's moments when it's boring. And every time I get into that phase, I will just think back of covering the Grizzlies, where you know that they're winning by 15 in the fourth quarter. And nothing, nothing is guaranteed. They will lose because that was the time. I mean, I, I still remember they were up 20 against the Bulls and Jordan just decided to go crazy in the last quarter. So life, my life has been very interesting and funny, covering the Grizzlies and going to the Spurs and, and seeing what happened with Kawhi at the end. But what I've learned really is uh, I've learned, I've been lucky enough to, because I was close with Tony and Manu and those guys as the international media, I got inside a lot and I got to see and share a lot of stuff that a normal journalist doesn't. And I've learned a lot Mm. as a human being, as a coach. And there's absolutely no doubt the way I've been coaching in the last 10 years has changed because of Popovich. Because of the little stuff that you can grab and learn from. And I I have so many moments, it's it's insane. The, The amount of data that you can get from just being with those guys you see the little details again. It's all about the details. Everything you do, what I've learned in life, in sports, it is about the details. And that's a top-notch organization. I mean, I work with Paris Saint-Germain, PSG. I don't know if you remember that, uh, 2095. So 25 years ago, that's a long time ago. I used to work with them uh, for a couple of years. Lucky again, new experience. But I I have never seen anything like the Spurs. Uh, To this day, I mean, it's up there. And there's a reason why they won so much for so long. You just, you repeat the same details, the same recipe. The biggest challenge, you know, Darren, is when you got, you got that long, how do you say in English, longevity like this, it's finding a way to go back to the mat season after season. That's what I told Pop one day. That was my only question for him that season pretty much. Because you don't want to talk to him too much after the game. He's, he's always in a weird mood. Uh, it, it's how do you find a way to keep doing what you're doing? Because that's that's the nature of you know, of the human race and team sports, it gets old at some point, and that's, Pop has found a way to stay young. I mean, he keeps yelling, he keeps pushing, he keeps asking excellence, and I don't know why he does it for so long. I have no clue. Yeah, so.
0: yeah, he's uh, he's got a bit of a bad reputation just because he's a little prickly. He's a little bit uh, uh, he ha- he has some um, you know clashes with media here and there, but uh he's so respected amongst the players and so respected amongst uh, some of the people that that do get inside like you did. Uh, I, I think he he gave you a little bit of inspiration to to become a coach and to you know really uh you know start start um working with the the, the talent and the youth and, and that type of thing. Um is is that the
1: case? Uh was he you know one of the inspirations for you? Absolutely. I mean, you know, I've been on the road with those guys for so many years uh, when they were, you know, championship contender. And every time I would go out with Tony and, you know, basically every time you go to a restaurant and Popovich happened to be there, he's going to pay for it. And that's what he did. You know, you don't even know. And suddenly someone said it's been taken care of and it's Pop waving at you from a distance and that's it. But it's, Every time I had a conversation with Popovich on the road it was never about basketball never I mean I, I, I used to be a chef in France many years many 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 years ago and that's all we will talk about food and wine and life and the same I mean you, you you're dealing with someone who has an open mind who has an education culture and you learn you learn if you have the right mindset you learn and that's why the same if you go back to the spurs that's the kind of player they're looking for with the right mindset people that are willing to be challenged willing to learn and and willing to be a good teammate and that's why sometimes you know you see them pick a guy you're know, like what who but, but they know they know exactly what he's made of and you know the, the new guys that are coming for the spurs they need support but they are very good as well so that's why everybody's copying has been copying the Spurs for so many years. And you see all those people that now work for the big clubs and they all come from the Spurs. There's so many all over the map. I mean, just, uh, yeah, it's, it, it's, an impressive club and it's an impressive thing to be able to, to be with them for so many years. It was very, very good. Yeah. Well, you had that unprecedented access and, uh, it was,
0: it was nice that you had, you know, were able to get into an inner circle. We saw that with the last dance. They, were able to give that media team unprecedented access to that Bulls final championship. Um, how did you like that documentary and, and you know, did, it, uh, did it remind you of the access that,
1: that you got? I love it and I, uh, to tell you the truth, I looked at the French episode when they played in Paris and Monaco I looked at it uh, like a kid because I was there somewhere, you know, not full access, but I was behind closed doors trying to grab. So I'm like, oh my gosh, I may see myself 25 years ago. <laughs> it didn't happen in this one. But you you go through those moments. I mean, when Michael Jordan came to Paris to play his game at, uh, what was the name? Géo saint Saint-André, the place, it was a small gym in France. I remember, windows exploding. There was too many people in in the stadium. Windows exploding. It was another time. I mean, there was no much control. You just shove people in. And I sat down on a beam during that game. I was like ten feet of the whatever, you know, the security. Yeah, whatever. I saw Michael Jordan played in France that weekend. That was beautiful. Nice. So yes, yeah. lots lots of great moments, and you realize how lucky you are to have been in a way part of this era you know I saw Jordan at the end I mean I was my my first NBA finals was in 98 Chicago Utah and I've done NBA final after that for the next uh, 12 years uh, but that one the first one that was the last of Michael Jordan I was there I even asked a question to Michael during one of those ESPN breathing and I was shaking like a leaf I was you know <laughs> I was a rookie I'm like please don't be yourself when you talk uh, <laughs> beautiful moments yeah and I, he, he, that's why you love the spots, You know, I talk about it. I'm smiling like a kid right now. And it's it's going to be there forever.
0: Yeah. Yeah, you're right. Yeah. I felt the same way. I kept looking to see myself. Uh, I was in a lot of the scrums that, you know, that were around those guys. I, I was uh, in some of the footage. I knew I was there at, at the arena, but, uh, you know, you didn't see me. But I just, uh, yeah, just brought back so many great memories and just so much fun that we had, uh, you know, to see. Michael Jordan who was the the biggest person on the planet at the time and you know it was just amazing to you know be able to talk to him it was nerve-wracking to ask him a question but you know it was exciting uh
1: to be I, able to ima- imagine when you when, when your english is broken english on top of that so you're trying to memorize at the time 10, 10, 10 english words and you're next you're next you know the mic the mic girl she's like you're next you got next and at some point it's you and you're like oh my gosh what is the question what is the question <laughs> Yeah, it's
0: yeah. Yeah, a lot of people think that reporting is easy, but that part of it was always tough. You had to keep your question in your mind, but you had to just get rid of all the nervousness and, and try to say it as succinctly as you could, you know, try to make them understand. I remember asking Michael Jordan a question and he misinterpreted it and thought I was criticizing him and he got quite angry at me. And I was like, oh, no, 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 no. Hang on a second here. No, you, you've absolutely misunderstood me can I ask the question again? And I asked it again. And then he opened up and went, Oh, okay. I, I know what you're saying now, but it was, uh, it was scary. And, uh, but, but, you know, it'll it'll be a memory that I carry with me for the rest of my life. And, yeah. and, you know, to see that documentary put together, those guys did an unbelievably amazing job. And I don't think we'll ever see access like that to, uh, to, to teams that no. with that much success, uh, anymore it's just it's been a, it's a difference and, and it's one of the reasons I I decided not to be a reporter anymore the, the relationship between a lot of the athletes and the media is you know a little bit
1: it, controversial it, it, now it, it has changed because of you know the politics of it and clearly the agents and players are becoming more you know they understand way more about how to deal with all this and it becomes very cold at times. But I, you see, I, I, I also remember, and I, I don't, I'm going to say it, you know, it, it, I had moments where I had like Allen Iverson coming to Vancouver one day. And I tried, he, he was there just before Christmas or New Year. I can't remember. But he, the, their team was there for a full week. And I went to ask him, you know, so 20-something-year-old from France. He couldn't care less about me. But he was polite, and he said, "Ask me again tomorrow." And I went again the next day, and he said, "I don't know today, but maybe the next day." And I'm like, "The next day," but it's—I believe it was December 25. I'm like, "It's Christmas, man! You're not gonna be there." And he said, "Yes, I'll do it tomorrow." And I show up on that day at 10 o'clock in the morning, and Alena Verson is waiting for me on the court, one on one, and we went on for 30 minutes, and I couldn't believe this. So you—you you have perception. I mean, maybe things have changed. It just... After that, I had to deal with the LeBron, the you know, I was going to say Wade. Everybody's different, but you can see that they are using the media way more than players from the old time. You know, it just really, what's in it for me? I mean, I do that interview because you work for those guys That's great. It has changed. And that's also why I fell in love with coaching more and more because dealing with kids is pure. And it's peaceful. Even if you have to deal with the parents, I mean, it brings you so much that uh, it does make a lot of sense. Yeah, you're right.
0: I noticed uh, a quote that you um, put up on one of your social media sites, and uh, I'd like to read it to you and tell me if this came from you or or somebody else. uh, If your dreams don't keep you up at night, they're not big enough. Um, Yeah, yeah. I mean, both you and I dream to uh, cover the NBA And, uh, you know, be able to have moments like you had with Iverson, I had with Jordan, you had with Jordan, you know, all the guys in the Spurs organization and on and on and on. Um, You know, amazing quote. Uh, Where did that come from?
1: I honestly don't know. I mean, I guess, uh, you know, people tell you it's mine. I'm not going to say it's mine. I can't remember where I got it. So I probably read it somewhere one day and slept on it for 15 years. And one day I woke up and, oh, I got an epiphany. It just... (laughs) Uh, All I know is every moment in my life, and I have not always made the right decision because I go for it pretty much all the time. Because I do believe that if you don't dream big enough, that you're not doing your job as a human being. You need to go for it. And if you fail, and it's not easy, but hopefully you will learn from it. Uh, You know, for many, many years, I remember when I started as a journalist, And I was a chef at uh, at the time and I was like, what am I doing with my life? But I want to write. I know sports. I love sports. How do I make it happen? And I start sending stories to L'Equipe, which is a big, big newspaper in Europe, sports newspaper. I mean, it's the biggest uh, sports publication in Europe. And the chief editor just uh, called me one day, emailed me. I don't know what kind of uh, messaging we use at the time. There was no internet. he told me, come to my office, and he said, okay, I love your passion. I want you to stop writing me articles. Because basically, I was bugging him too much. But he, that, that's how I opened up the door for myself. And he told me, make yourself useful. And that's the best advice I have for any new journalist out there. You can be good at what you do. You can be passionate. But you need to find a way to make yourself useful. I said, okay, how do I do that? And he said, well, we could use people in England. Do you want to move to England? I said, yes, let's go. And that's how I did it. And then I moved to Canada. And then from there to San Antonio, you, you make yourself useful. You jump on stories and it grows with you and it, you have to do your job. But uh, being passionate is great. It's not enough. Yeah, it's not
0: enough. No, you were one of the hardest working guys. Uh, you always impressed me. Uh, I, I got to read uh, a lot of your... Uh, a lot of your stories in English but you know you were doing them in in French um, all all the time and uh, but it was just amazing Uh, I would ask you hey can you uh, bring some of the latest uh, issues and articles and you know all of a sudden you'd come with a nice uh, nice stack of them and I was always like wow this is a really great interesting guy that uh, decided to come to North America bring his young family and uh, you know just make an opportunity for himself and yeah, uh, it was. Um, yeah, it must have been a daunting task, uh, you and Celine, to bring the kids and and you know have y'all you know, be in a different culture, be in a different world. But uh, you did it, and uh, it must you must look back on that and, and think, wow, I, you know, I really took this opportunity and just seized it, and you know, made a life for myself and and the family.
1: But you you, you make those choices with someone. You can't just be selfish and say, let's do it. So yes, my wife at the time, because we're not together anymore, decided that was the right call. You know, you jump, you go for it. And Canada is such, I mean, I've dreamed of Canada forever, since I was a kid. And she was there too. And I will go back to Canada. I'm in San Antonio right now because we're building that beautiful project. But I miss Canada every day not just now because of the pandemic and the way it's being dealt with in the U S that was my moment of being angry. Uh, I love Canada. So we'll go back there. My, my two kids are actually, you know, that, that, that's the rewards for doing all this. We make the decision of leaving your country, leaving the parents, the family, but you create a new family and you discover a fantastic country and, They just graduate. I mean, one is play soccer for New Brunswick, uh, UNB, and the other one just graduated from UBC. So, you know, I got two little Canadians in the family that are in Canada, as I speak, protected from the virus more than the U.S., and and it's great. And, uh, you know, yes, you look back at time and you're like, Wow. But when you do it, Darren, you just go for it. You don't think in terms of what's going to happen 20 years from now. You don't. You day by day, day by day, and you protect your kids and you give them the best you can give them. And I'm happy with where they are. So.
0: Yeah. yeah. One of the things that you wanted to talk about what what the uh, was the the status of youth sports with this pandemic uh, in the U.S. Um, where where does it stand? Uh, what do we what are we going to see? Uh, do you have any, uh, any thoughts, any insight, any prognostications?
1: Uh, yeah, wh- wh- where do we see that? I'm not that good. Uh, all I can tell you is, so I'll go back to my, my uh, Tom, my son. So he plays for UNB. The season is out. He's, he's dead. There's no season. There's no soccer season in, in Canada. And it does make sense. While in the U.S., they're trying because uh, we need the economy. We need the money. And, and I see clubs doing crazy stuff right now we're not one of them we decide Juventus decided that we're done we're not gonna reopen probably until September if we can but I got clubs that are convincing kids to jump club because it makes sense and I'm like this is crazy and they're practicing and you're like okay how many kids are you gonna get sick how many parents are you gonna get sick oh we have to we have to make money I'm like that's where we are and that, that's the problem with the U.S. right now. It's going very, very fast. Uh, I'm not a scientist. I'm just repeating what I hear because I can see it. I'm in a city of two million people where we have about a thousand cases a day right now. And I know that in Canada, you get 300 a day as a country. So should I say more? Probably not. It is complicated. Uh, I don't even know if we're gonna have a season we we try to have little groups of five kids to practice no contact but it's difficult to make sense of it because soccer is a team sport so i do understand very very well that we need to find a way to get the kids out of the house to give them some chances to do something and we've done everything we can between the zoom video between you know all kind of video we can create for them all kind of game we can send them but there's a, there, there's an end to it the reality is when can we play again? I don't know. I mean, the league is telling us that we're probably going to start at the end of September here, but it may change by next week. Uh, And that's where that's the big, big question mark right now about everything we do. We don't know. Sure. Um,
0: What would, if, if a parent asked you for advice and they said that my, my son's league uh, hasn't started, I'm not sure if it will. I, I need to, you know, make sure he doesn't lose that whole year of development. Um, what, what would you suggest to say to a parent to keep the kid active and, you know, make, make sure that they're, you know, athletically uh, fine still when, you
1: know, when this all comes back to sort of a new normal? Well, it's not an easy answer because uh, there's no easy answer. Uh, the, the advantage our club has because it's a new club and because we – the biggest project we have is probably Soccer Central. We need to develop this, is we are in a situation where money, as difficult as it is for everybody, and that includes us, is not the name of the game. We, we, we lost a little bit of money last year, and that was expected as a first year, and we're gonna lose money this year, and it's expected and it's fine, but it gives us the freedom of making the right choices. And I know too many people that are not right now because they need to survive. So I'm not judging. They just need to survive. I get it. Uh, the advice would be find a way to get him going individually. You know, there's a lot of things you can do on your own. You can run, you can get a soccer ball, you can play. I mean, it's limited, but it's also a good time to learn any other sports. You know, one of the problem I see in North America is the specialization of sports. This is a great time to discover everything. Learn, watch video, learn to play basketball today. Tomorrow you can do baseball. The next day you can do soccer and so on and so on. It's going to make you a better athlete because the coordination that you're going to be able to be a better, whatever you are, soccer player today, you're going to be better because of all those games. So there's a lot of stuff you can do, but you need parents support. And it's not easy because the parents in many cases are struggling to find money and i don't have all the answers i know there's a lot of stuff we've been providing our kids with i know that it's still not enough because we cannot replace the real thing and that's that's where we are you know i mean videos are great up to a point (laughs) that's it yeah
0: yeah
1: yeah well i'm glad you talked
0: about um the specialization uh it's it's definitely something that isn't good in north america where you know at a young age they decide oh the kids good at this and you know every you know every single moment that's all he's playing he abandons all the other sports or she abandons all the other sports and and uh yeah I've I've heard you know amazing comments from guys that you know are at the upper level uh they said you know I played all the sports and uh you know it actually made me so well-rounded and so athletically gifted that you know now I'm a professional and and I think a lot of parents for some reason uh think that you know they have to specialize they have to just pull, pump that money in and all the time and and uh, I'm, I'm really glad that you you know s- talked about you know they should be
1: well-rounded they should play yes. all the sports yeah before you pick one and yes i i get that we are also in that era where especially in north america where we're talking scholarship and there's a lot of extra pressure on the kids, but let, let, let's be realistic. In Europe, it's not scholarship. It's called joining a professional club. So it's the same. By the time you you turn between 12 and 14, you better know what you want to do because otherwise you don't have a chance. You're not going to be good enough. But, you know, in very early, I, I keep seeing that mistake where parents believe that it's a race against time. No, it's a race about developing your passion for the game. I mean, and every time you yell at him or... Oh, Push him to play more. You're destroying the kid's chances. You know, Manu Ginobili from the Spurs. I'm sure you remember the way he played. Very, very chaotic at time. It was control chaos. And one day I asked him, "Where well, did he learn those moves?" And those are soccer moves. The, the changing the pace, changing the, as you say, the steps. Everything he will do with his feet. Those are soccer moves. And he learned playing soccer. And there's so many examples of this. How do you make people understand that they're not wasting their time doing this? To this day, I don't know. Because, you know, it, it, we, again, we live in a country where it's about immediate results. You pay, you need to get better. And you know, it's I see many kids the age of six to 10, they don't even know how to run yet. So we're working on coordination. I had kids running this way. They, it doesn't work with a soccer ball. You need to be able to run. and. And sometimes it's mind boggling, the conversation that you have, but with experience, you, cannot, you anticipate more and more and you try to sell the idea of this and I'm probably getting better at it. I'm less frustrated with people, but I know what they're going to come up with. I know because it's always the same story. You know, my son is the best somewhere. Okay. Where was he playing? Oh, the YMCA. Oh, Okay. He was the best of the way MCA you know, it means nothing, absolutely nothing. So you have to be patient. You have to explain. And, and that's our job as coaches. You explain, you teach, you find a way. Yeah. Um, does like, do I talk
0: too much? No, not at all. No, I, I love it. No, you don't. No, it's perfect. Um, does uh, Cristiano, Cristiano Ronaldo? Um, does he resonate uh, there as much as he does in all the other parts of the world? Uh, do Do people think, wow, uh, you know, I'm I can you know join an academy that has him as you know the top representative?
1: Yeah, he does. He mm-hmm. just he's not here. So let's be clear: if you want to join Juventus Academy San Antonio. You won't see Cristiano Ronaldo every weekend. He's in Italy. It's, there's a long path. Uh, but yes, he's absolutely part of this. And uh, he's quite an example. You know, I mean, I'm a Messi guy. And it's okay to say that. Messi is up there with Cristiano. Uh, Cristiano, I give him that, works harder than anybody I know to this day. And you have to give the guy respect. You know, it's, after that, it's, we're talking style of player. But as far as teaching... There's nothing you can say about Cristiano. He works hard every day. He got to that level on his own and he's a fantastic player. And the funny thing about North America, and it's also its weakness, you can still see it. You ask a kid today, who do you know? Well, it used to be Beckham. Now they know Messi and Ronaldo. And beyond that, that's you know the day the kids are going to be able to name the starting 11 for USA or Canada is when you know you're winning. You're finally winning as a, as a sport. And we're not there yet.
0: We're not there yet. That's true. Yeah, well, uh, Ronaldo scored two goals yesterday and uh, he was actually able to reach 50 goals in Serie A, uh, Serie A, and the uh, first guy to ever have 50 goals in La Liga, in the Premier League and in Serie A. Um, you yeah, really amazing accomplishment. And uh, yeah, just in so much more notoriety for, for your club.
1: Yeah, he's a, he's a machine. I mean, again, I'm, I'm sure you, you all have in mind the extension of that guy when he goes for header. There's so, or bicycle kick, and you look at him and he's like 25,000 feet off the ground. And you're like, how do you do this? <laughs> I mean, how, how many push ups does he do every day? <laughs> Sit ups, yeah you need to build your car. And yeah, again, it's, it, it's completely a testimony to his dedication. It's just, he works super hard every day and he's still there. You know, he's getting older, but 50 goals, yeah.
0: Yeah, uh, you mentioned Messi and, and it, he, he came into my mind a lot through this conversation. Uh, what age did he actually
1: start at his academy? I heard it was quite young. Oh, I don't remember because Messi, Messi started very, very young. Because he was, a, he, he was, and still is, he's a genius. I mean, he was about one, two feet tall, and he was already dribbling people. And you cannot teach that. That's that's the biggest difference between a Messi and Ronaldo. Messi was not normal. It, it's just you can. You see, as a coach, you look at what he does. You're like, how do I teach this? I I, I can't even reproduce this, and it, and it makes no sense to try to, you know, it's. So he's not a good example. <laughs> uh, Cristiano, it's different. You can see the physical progress and you see what he's doing with it and that speed and that elevation. And it's fantastic to be able to to work with someone like him, even from a distance. I mean, every time he does something, we share those videos with the kids. And, you know, that's all they, that's all they know. I mean, yeah, they know DiBala a little bit, but it's Cristiano Ronaldo is the God for them.
0: Yeah, yeah, of course. Juventus is the only team in the top five European leagues still unbeaten, unbeaten at home this season. They got 19 wins and three draws. Uh, looking great. It looks like, looks like they, they're going to wrap up their ninth straight title. Um, yeah, and then, you know, looking good in the Champions League, leading their group. Um, yeah, I mean, the future seems to be incredibly bright for your franchise.
1: Yeah, it does. It just... Uh, the- they change the way they do business a few years ago, and they're becoming more and more open with communication as well. And, you know, getting Ronaldo, it's a change of policy. You're getting big-time player For many years, Juventus was trying to develop and just, you know, be good. But they, we want to win the Champions League, and not far. I mean, you know, you need to beat Lyon first. I mean, there's a heck of a program if you beat Lyon, I think man city everybody's in the way i mean so the, the draw could not have been worse but there's still a chance this year and there will be one next year because they're i know there's good decision being made i mean you see you see what they're doing it just it's a very 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 solid club now and you know they may not win every year but they will always be a challenge to anybody right now yeah exactly yeah
0: Well, let's switch gears a little bit. We've talked about the NBA here and there, but uh, let's go into the NBA a little bit deeper. And uh, the guy that was kind of patient zero that uh, stopped North American sports is a French guy, Rudy Gobert. Uh, The stifled tower uh, really uh, was the guy that uh, seemed to, you know, flip this whole world on its head, the sporting world. Um, He didn't take it serious very much, uh, thinking he was a little bit under the weather and, uh, tell me about uh, you know, him being the guy that everybody points to
1: that, that changed uh, North
0: American sports and, and the sport, uh, sporting world as a whole.
1: I'm surprised that I haven't seen t shirt already that say they really did it or something. Because you know, in this culture that we have today where everybody is looking to blame everybody right away. I mean, Come on, man. He's a kid. He he, he did something that was silly. I've done the same stuff when I was his age, you know, going against the grain and say, oh, you don't believe in this, let me show you. (laughs) You know, we all did that kind of stuff, except that he's, he's a millionaire, he's a superstar, he's under the, you know, in front of the camera every day, and you can't do that, and he knows, and he messed up, and he apologized, but he stopped nothing. I mean, it was already there. It just, he was the, the biggest one out there with the virus and suddenly it's blame the French again. That's fine, keep doing this. <laughs> I'm used to it. Really, really was at the wrong place at the wrong time. That's yeah. all. And he said yeah. something he shouldn't have said, but since then, I mean, he apologized. I saw that uh, one of his teammates was not Mitchell. Donovan Mitchell at the time made some comments that was, come on, man. He just, I hope it's gonna get better for everybody uh within those teams uh because you're still a team at the end of the day i mean you know we, we we learn now that many more players many more people have been infected and they just didn't even know about it so is it a subject you know should we should we laugh about it absolutely not but really gobert has done nothing i mean you know it's yeah. silly do you think
0: that um relationship can be repaired do you think um do you think they'll be able to um forgive them and uh they'll be able to you know, continue on as teammates?
1: I, I certainly hope so because they had a good thing going on between, uh, you know, the point and the, and the center position. You need those two to work very well together. So uh, uh, I'm, I'm not a jazz fan, but you don't want those things to happen. I mean, I believe that after, you know, we're, what, five months in that pandemic? I mean, at some point you have to be more realistic and just understand that, that was nothing compared to what has happened since. I mean, that situation happened in many, many clubs where you know that that player got that player sick. I mean, was he joking about it? Probably not. But I mean, I know a few cases in soccer in Europe where the same situation happened. Players make a silly comment about it, and a month later, he's sick. That doesn't mean he meant anything by it. You know, it just uh, everybody's getting sick. You know, I mean, I hear a number that in the U.S. I think we have like three million. I mean, almost four million cases now. But doctors are saying there's actually forty million people infected. So, you know, we're getting it. Yeah. One by one. Yeah. Right.
0: Well, um, the the NBA decided to go into a bubble. They chose um, Orlando to to be the place, and uh, yeah, Florida has been uh, decimated with coronavirus. So I, a lot of people weren't sure that it could they could pull it off. But uh, they just released something yesterday that said they did 346 um, tests on players and they had zero uh, coronavirus positive results. So, um, yeah, so far uh, it's looking pretty good and I uh, hope it could continue that way.
1: You know what it reminds me of? It's that movie with, uh, what's his name? I call him Jason Bourne. Uh, <laughs> I forgot the name of the actor, but when he, he's, he's sent on another planet and he's building potatoes under that bubble. That's how I feel about the NBA right now. I'm like, at any moment, that bubble may explode because you, all you need is one player. From one player, you get one team pretty much. And from one team, you create a situation. And you, we were talking about the Bulls earlier, about that video. I believe that that bubble experience might be the best video movie ever at the end, you know, because we're going to see stuff that we're not used to. Uh, I don't exactly know how much the NBA is going to let. The media, film, but the potential is absolutely fantastic. So I, I'm I'm gonna be like everybody else. It's a different year. I'm, I I don't know what to make of it, but part of me is excited. I want to see it. It's different, and we need sports. I mean, I watched myself the other day watching uh, what was it? I was watching. It was a video of nuns playing basketball, and I'm like. What am I doing? That's how sad it is. Yes, I know. <laughs> I I'll I watch any sports right now, and I'm watching as I'm talking to you, Watford and Manchester City on another screen. Uh <laughs> I need sports, sadly, you know.
0: <laughs> yeah, well, I know what you mean. Yeah. I mean, I've been starving for sports and uh this was a bit of a conduit for me to get back into covering some sports, following some sports. Uh the they're all just around the corner. All these leagues in North America are going to be starting up in the next week or two. And uh, so, you know, we won't have to watch nuns play basketball. And, uh, it it you know, was a short will... video, but. <laughs> <laughs> um, was it... You were thinking you were... of Matt Damon. So yeah, that's the guy that you were thinking Matt Damon, yeah, yeah. yeah, that's yeah, the guy. Yeah. So, um... but you know, you know what I
1: realized it's, it's more than sports. It's, I, I, I've never watched sports as a fan yelling and screaming. I'm not like that. I'm more, I mean, I, I guess I was always getting ready to be a coach. It's, it, brings you, it brings me peace of mind. I'm watching soccer again, or basketball, or whatever, and it's kind of like you feel, okay, I'm back to a good place. And that's, to me, that's the reality of professional sports for the entire planet. As sad as it is about, as, as sad as what it says about society, I'm one of those guys that need sports to operate normally. I need it to feel like we're back to a normal phase and yeah more than ever those professional athletes that's what they need to do for all of us they need to give us that feeling that we're going back to a good place
0: yeah yeah well it inspires uh, children and uh, you know you're doing a great thing there to inspire the youth of San Antonio and I'm sure the surrounding area and and uh, you know I, I love working with kids I love being able to inspire kids one of the reasons why I wanted to do this podcast was just to be able to make people realize how important it is to have sports in your life and the passion that I feel, the drive that I get every day I wake up. I know I'm going to be able to turn on the TV and, and watch a game. I'm, I'm super excited. I, I can't wait. There's going to be a moment in that game that I'm going to love. There's going to be a moment when I play sports that, you know, I feel really good. I feel like a kid again. And, uh, you know, it just develops so much, for your life to be involved in sports and, and I'm hoping that it does, you know, really resonate with people and you know, turn a lot more people onto sports because it, it's changed my life and really helped me have a great life. Something I can really look back on and feel really proud and happy about. Yeah.
1: yeah. Yeah. I watched I watched a soccer game from South Korea a few weeks ago and I was laughing watching the game. I'm like, I don't even know who's playing and I don't even care. I just wanna see the the drama unfold, you know, you know, you want a team to score, something to happen. You want to see the reaction. And yes, I'm looking at the tactics and I made some interesting comment, I guess. But <laughs> you need this. I mean, you know, some people, I mean, I love hiking. I love nature. I, I can get a complete bliss disappearing in the mountain and I will get the same watching the game. And, you know, sadly, that's, it's needed, you know, whatever, yeah. whatever you need. I mean, to me, it's sports. So, yeah.
0: Yeah, well, the the pandemic uh, hit and there was no sports. Uh, I was able to get out and do a lot of hiking and uh, get out to nature, which, you know, I love as well. And, uh, you know, it really was good for the mental health, good for the physical health. Uh, but I'm ready to, you know, start turning on the TV and, and watching sports and getting involved. Um, I, I really would like it uh, once the NBA season kicks in and once, uh, you know, things start developing and we're seeing a lot more sports for you to join us again. Uh, this was a fantastic time to reconnect and, and talk. Uh, it was, it's fantastic to be able to talk sports and, and yeah, be able to know that any time soon, very t- very soon, we're going to be able to be watching live sports. And uh, you should come and
1: join me and break some break some of the games down. Let's do that. It was fun as long as you don't put any subtitles at the bottom. <laughs> no, it was fun, man. Yeah.
0: Yeah. Yeah. Well. Yeah, well, I'll let you get on with your day. I know you're a busy man. So, um, yeah, it was really fun. I appreciate it so much. Uh, Anything you'd like to say before we hang up?
1: No, that's it. I mean, enjoy Canada because uh, you're in a very good place right now.
0: (laughs) Okay. Well, enjoy San Antonio and uh, we'll be in in close contact. Uh, Appreciate it so much, Olivier. Thank you, man. Have a good one. Okay, you too. Thank you. Oh wow, that was uh, yeah, that was a fantastic uh, little over an hour there. Uh, really, Fighting? really great to be able to yeah, really great to be able to bring Olivier into the mix here. He um, he has a wealth of knowledge uh, when it comes to sports and especially NBA and and soccer. Um, you know, just the things that he's being able to do for the community down there. I know um, soccer was you know, one of his biggest loves and biggest passions, and uh, be able to you know convince a club like. Uh, Juventus with the prestige and uh, you know world-renowned club that they have uh, to be able to you know uh, attract so many kids to the sport and and um, yeah his wish is the same as mine Uh, let's hope North American soccer can be flourishing and we can have those kids knowing all 11 players uh, on the team Uh, it would be a a really big accomplishment and something that you know we would all feel very proud of Uh, I grew up playing soccer uh, you know, had the time of my life uh, playing that sport. And uh, unfortunately, there was a time where, you know, most of us realized that we weren't going to, you know, be able to take it any farther because nobody was looking at Canadians uh, internationally. So, um, you know, it was just disheartening uh, to know that the the sport that you loved, uh, you you couldn't take it any further once you got out of your teens. And, um, you know, there are opportunities now. Uh, Alfonso Davies, we mentioned in that uh, commentary earlier that, um, you know, Bayern Munich uh, was interested in him and and purchases him from the Whitecaps. It was a, you know, a huge moment for Canadian soccer and, and uh, yeah, it's, uh, it's just growing and growing and guys like Olivier are, you know, enabling that to happen for the youth. So um, yeah. Thanks so much for joining us, everybody. Uh, it was a, a fantastic hour. I hope you enjoyed it as much as I did. Uh, thanks so much always for turning into complete sports media. It's, um, It's a passion project uh, of mine and all the people that um, are supporting me and uh, coming behind the scenes to give me help. I appreciate it. Thanks so much to everybody. I just want to say a a shout out to my niece and nephew, Lee and Evelyn. Thanks so much for being, uh, for being part of it. So um, yeah, there we go. Uh, We've reached another, uh, an end to another complete sports media podcast. Thanks so much for joining me. Love you lots. Take care and bye for now.